Good morning, Gracie. How are you doing today? Good morning, Aaron. Very well, thank you. How about yourself? Doing absolutely fantastic. So proud of you for continuing on with this series because, I mean, it's like, you know, you set out with this, you know, this dream, this ambition. I'm going to create a trilogy. Here you are, book number two. What's it feel like? <laughs> oh, gosh. You make it sound like it was this, um, I don't know, easy. <laughs> um, I'm currently, my current mindset is that I am very excited about book two coming out, but also really wrecked with guilt about how slowly I'm progressing with the third book. So um, I'm in a very mixed state, very happy, and also working very hard. Well, from, from one creative person to another creative person, is has you have you invited the perfectionist to the party? I mean, because, I mean, I understand, you know, you know when, when things get in the way, but I always wonder why. You know what I mean? Oh, gosh, yes, I know. Yeah, the perfectionist is, is in the house. Mm-hmm. And I wish I wish they weren't in the house, but it's like um, you can close all the doors, but they'll come in anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe that's just part of being creative, right? Because um, we know what we want to achieve. We know what that looks like. And so we're just trying and trying and trying to get to that that place that we know exists somewhere inside us and and that and that's every reason why i created the iheart radio channel creativity is the addiction because i mean you have to learn to live with it love it you've got to be able to respect it but it's got to do the same thing back to you i mean it's such a relationship with your creativity oh i love that i love i love how you you've um you phrased that and that it's a relationship because i think you're totally right and it does give back you know what you put in does eventually come back sometimes in you know not the way that you expect it to but it always does and i guess that's why we get hooked right we keep going for more yeah it's like i feed me feed me and it's like okay i'm trying (laughs) (laughs) well the last fallen moon is out and here's riley O. I mean here we go and and i mean i mean she's out to save her family and i love the idea that you you really make family so important in what you put on paper yeah i mean family is everything to me and um and you know i didn't even really set out to write quote unquote, a family story. But um, I guess it just happened by virtue of, um, of who I am and what I hold there, I guess. So when, when you're putting, you know, building those paragraphs and things like that, what where is your mindset? Because, I mean, I always believe that, you know, you have to, you know, create an atmosphere of being open. Do you do that as well where it's like, okay, I'm going to let it flow through me and then I'm going to come back in, it could be a day, it could be a couple of days, and then I'll let the editor do some writing. But But right now I just need to get it on paper. Oh, it's so interesting you you mentioned that because just earlier today I was having the same conversation with my husband um, and he was saying, well, you know, do you think instead of, um, you know, giving your perfectionist side so much attention, you should just turn that off and just write, even if it's complete garbage, just write and then edit later. And I have tried that. I really have. And it's interesting, some some writers can do it i'm not too i'm not sure about your own process with your writing but i have heard other writers say that the first the first edit is kind of like or the first draft i should say is kind of like you know gathering sand into your sand bin. Yeah. it doesn't matter how pretty it is you just need to get the sand in there and then the process of editing and you know there's many rounds of editing um that that's the process of building the sand castle 
And so I've tried to use that mindset and that analogy, but I find when I do do that, I get stuff down, but the editing process is so much more painful. Oh, yeah. So I think I've actually gone back a little bit more to taking longer to do the initial draft um, and saving myself the headache later. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you talked about your husband. A lot of writers stop writing because the spouses in their lives, uh, you know, we, we, when we sit down to write, we disappear from the world. There, there are many times that my wife will, will be asking me things and I go, I'm sorry, I wasn't here. I, I, I'm, I'm elsewhere when I've got a writing instrument in my hand. Uh, let, let's talk. But, but do, you, do you have to go into a place where it's like, okay, I'm going to go in here now I'll come out, and when I come out, I'm going to be Gracie, but when I'm in there, I'm not so Gracie. Oh, yes. (laughs) And I feel, you know, I feel really guilty about it because we have a small child, you know, and I sometimes think I really want to compartmentalize, but I'm not very good at that. When I'm in, I'm in, and sometimes I'm, you know, my child is talking to me and my husband's talking to me and I'm like, Hello. oh, sorry, you were, you were, you were here? <laughs> I'm here, I promise, I'm still here. Some, somehow part of me is still here. But yeah, it's a constant um, reminder, isn't it, to say, um, you know, you are here, grounded in the present. Remember that. And then, yeah, like you say, maybe I just use like a door, a physical door as the gateway. You know, when I'm in this room, I am in that, you know, my, that space of my mind. And then when I come out, I shut that door. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's such a private place. I, and I, and I, I love Barnes and Noble, how they opened up the door for me to go on this two and a half year tour with them to, uh, to, you know, talk with other writers and stuff like that. And I, I just, I just want writers who are listening to understand, give yourself permission to just be a writer. I mean, there, there, cause I mean, you know, Gracie, there's something about it when, when, when you create these paragraphs there, it, it, it's like what you put in your books. It's magic. We'll, we'll call it magic. It does feel like magic, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I guess because I write about magic as well, that um, interestingly, this is not very related, but kind of related. Um, one of my sisters went to see uh, someone called a spiritual consultant. Mm. And I have to say, I was like, what is that? I don't actually know what that is. Um, but anyway, she, my sister had such a fun time. She said, you should go see her. She was really interesting. So she booked me in for a session and I went in. And um, she had somehow figured out that I was a writer. And she said, oh, you know that you don't write alone, that when you write, um, there are there are people, other ancestors of yours that write through <laughs> you and write with you. And, you know, all belief of, you know, truth and things aside, I found that so um, endearing. I found that comforting that maybe there is a little bit of magic involved. You know, maybe it isn't just me, because we think writing is solitary, and for the most part it is. But maybe I'm not alone. You know? <laughs> well, see, and, and I always I always compare it to the movie Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe, where those people walk beside him. They couldn't see him, but he could. And so I'll sit there and I'll go, okay, what are we going to talk about today? And and you learn to listen to him. I mean, I mean, see, and that's one of the things that I wanted to bring up. I mean, you you've been th- this is a trilogy, and 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 we know that the next one is the final of the book. Gracie, how can you end this story when these people have been walking with you for three books? Maybe this is why I'm struggling so much with the third book, because I just don't know how to say goodbye. It's hard (laughs) to say goodbye to people you've spent so much time with, you know? Oh. (laughs) <laughs> the what, One of the things that you do is that you're bringing forward Korean mythology. Do you know how much you are the teacher in things like this? Because so many people around the world don't know about the individual countries with their mythology. And I love the fact that, that you are so open with doing this. 
Thank you. It's something I um, enjoy so much, and I am so grateful that it's been receiving the you know the reception it has. And the funny thing I think about mythology is that it changes with every person. You know, I remember doing research for some of the um, creatures and stories that appear in the two books so far. And I remember being quite confused initially because the versions I thought were the true, quote unquote, true versions that I'd heard from my my parents or my grandmother seemed so different in various retellings. Um, And I remember being worried about um, portraying these stories accurately. And, you know, it was actually through a lot of conversation with fellow Rick Ryden Presents authors. And what they said to me was that mythology um, for a lot of cultures were passed down orally, you know, and a lot of oral stories Mm -hmm. change with its storyteller, you know, and that's how it lives on and it changes to fit the times um, and fit the circumstances. And when I thought about it like that, I figured actually I'm just adding to the tradition, aren't I? You know, I'm putting my own spin on it and um, keeping the stories alive. And that made me feel kind of cool about it. Well, that's so true. And and the reason why I say that is because I've read so much about how the elders are passing, they're transitioning right now, but but the next generations are not writing. They're, they're, not, they're not passing those stories forward. And, and somehow some way through writers like yourself, Gracie, we've got to plant that seed to get family traditions and stories to grow forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I mean, I couldn't agree more. We need to keep telling our stories. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall, though, when your imagination turned doll into a person who's fascinated with toilets. Did you giggle like a child? What what really brought this in? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, it's something I've been reflecting on. Um, My agent said to me recently that um, something I'm currently working on in draft form, she said, there's a lot of toilet humor in there. Maybe we can dial that back a little. (laughs) I was like, oh, my goodness. I obviously just have not escaped my 10-year-old self, and so it just infiltrates um, all that I write. (laughs) I don't know what to say say about that, really. Is it... (laughs) Is, is that how old you feel, 10 years old? And the reason, you know, I mean, the, the, I read somewhere that, that you know, the, we're not getting older. Our bodies are, but our minds are not. And you have to sit there some time in your life and say, how old are you? And I said, well, I'm, an, I'm forever 16. And you just said that your writing, your writing self is 10. Is, is that how old you feel? You know, my grandmother, uh, when she was alive, she used to say, I know when you look at me, you just see wrinkles, um, but I still feel like I'm 21. And I used to laugh at her because I thought that was so hilarious because she was, uh, you know, a gorgeously wrinkled woman. And um, and now you ask me this question and I, I genuinely I'm in my late 30s now and I feel 10. I really do. I feel 10. Yeah. 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 It's because it, I, I turned 60 in a couple of weeks. And, and, and so I have just just a little bit of gray in my hair and I sit there and I'm gigging, giggling at, at, at this 60 year old that's seeing me in the mirror because the 16 year old's going, oh, my God, take that stuff out of your hair now. Oh, my God, old man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. You see time. Um, and gravity can take so much from us, but it can't take our spirit. <laughs> so are, are you a long-form writer? When you put something like The Last Fallen Moon uh, into story form, do, do you hand write it out, or are you behind that computer? No, I'm definitely behind the computer, but, you know, my wrists are really struggling, and mm-hmm. I wish I could dictate. I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, um, yeah, I just... 
I don't know. Do you do you dictate? Is this something that what? authors seem to be, you know, and writers are doing these days? Oh my God, I'm I'm struggling with that right now because on my on my smartphone, I I won't I won't sit there and text anything. I, I use my voice, and so when I get behind this computer, I'm going. I gotta have. I I, I don't want to type anymore. I I and so I keep blaming myself for being lazy, and it's like, come on, lazy man, let's do this. You got to use those fingers. I think dictation, if it works for you, is the best thing. I've heard great things about productivity of writing and speed of writing and just flow of dialogue and things like that too. Something I've been trying, but you know what? One of the things that is a challenge for me is that a lot of software that does this doesn't recognize a lot of my vowel sounds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It doesn't recognize my accent. And so then I try to put on a North American accent, but it's terrible, you see. And so then that breaks my flow. So then I go back to just typing. Did you know that Mark Twain was one of the very first authors to use dictation as as a way of getting his stories out? And and there's in his autobiography he talks about that machine. Oh no, I did not know this. So so maybe maybe the two of us need to take that right step in the in the right direction and and start dictating. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe if machines can't understand me, maybe I just need to find someone willing to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> see, as, see, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> oh, Gracie, where can people go and give you lots of love, find out about all of your writing and things like this and get really super excited about the, the next book and all that? Oh, well, people can definitely always find me at my website, which is graciekim.com. But if people are interested in social media, I am often on Instagram, uh, sometimes on Twitter, and more recently on TikTok. So um, lots of various ways that people can get in touch. Do you find yourself, even though things are starting to open up around the world and stuff like that, do you find yourself ever coming to the States to, uh, to help promote your books? Oh, it's so sad. I was supposed to go last year for The Last Fallen Star and this year again for The Last Fallen Moon and both opportunities I haven't been able to, to you know, use. Um, so I'm really, really hoping, fingers crossed, for next year. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we're definitely looking forward to that because your fans on this side of the planet are, are definitely, you know, they're, they're there. You know they're there and, and, and they, they want to reach out there and touch that person that, you know, that has inspired their imaginations to grow. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. I really do hope it will work out in 2023. Absolutely. Please come back to this show anytime in the future. Gracie, the door is always going to be open for you. Thank you so much, Arrow. You bet. You be brilliant today. <laughs> you too.